Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we are talking about riding out the storms in our lives. So on this week's episode, the reason that I have brought up this particular topic is because we have just been confronted with a big storm front for the last 24 hours and I'm smiling because I'm here. I'm still standing. My home is still standing. I've got a lot of things to be thankful for, but it really brought to mind what victims go through is like going through a storm with their abusive partners. Not only are they dealing with all the um, the forces of the storm as they're being tossed about by the storm, but they are also dealing with the damage that is caused by the storm. So I look at that, but this episode is literally, it's just jam-packed with information, um, things to help you prepare for those storms, uh, things to help you move away from those storms and the time that it takes to actually recover after a storm has gone through your life. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. On today's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we're going to talk about riding out the storms in our lives. As I record this episode, I am looking out the window of my office and there's a storm front that is passing through. And we've had a really, really stormy night um, last night and it has created a lot of havoc, um, this storm. And just from where I sit, um, you know, I'm very, very glad to be sitting in my office and uh, getting some shelter away from the storm. The wind really was howling all night long and I know that trees have toppled over just here, there and everywhere. And um, we're also functioning on reduced power. So we actually, we did lose our power, but it came back on. But I've never actually experienced this before. We're actually operating at half power. Thank goodness I've still got power because that means that I can still record this week's episode. So really, you know, being confronted with this storm um, at this time has actually really made me think about surviving the storms in our lives. Um, so you'll probably already have a pretty good idea that I'm not talking about literal weather extremes like the one that I'm experiencing right now when I talk about surviving the storms in our lives or riding through the storms in our lives. But what I am thinking about with this topic that we're going to cover today uh, 
was just given to me because of the forces of nature just made this topic become really loud and clear for me. It was literally, you know, screaming at me through the howling wind that the focus of today's conversation is going to be about the storms that we go through in our lives and with a particular focus really for victims of domestic abuse, um, victims of abusive relationships and how these storms can cause a lot of havoc and upheaval and damage in a person's life. So I know for a fact that I'm really, really lucky today as I have the privilege of being sheltered from the storm. I'm in a safe house. I feel safe in my own home. So far, I have only had to venture out briefly just to take my kids to the bus stop, just to wait for their bus to arrive. And I've just been out to um, tend to our dear little chickens we've got two two chickens and um speckles and ebony and they're gorgeous gorgeous girls um that they would have had the fright of their lives riding out that storm we had our two dogs come into the house last night and just they were seeking shelter and refuge from the storm too so the poor chickens one of the panels of their um their chicken coop or the chicken house had been ripped away by the storm so I felt very very sorry for them knowing that they would have been feeling quite frantic um with all the commotion with the damage from the winds that um, we were experiencing through the night and into a good part of the day today. So, um, but as I said, you know, I've, I've got the ability to bunker down and, um, and just not have to go anywhere. I'm very, very aware that, um, that people have to venture out into these storms for various reasons, whether it's because they work outside of home. Um, my husband, he does a bus run and, um, and he had to go out in the worst of worst conditions today to do that bus run. Thankfully, he's back home again, safe and sound now. Um, he's also, he's got a client that um, is also a friend who lives down the road and this um, person, he relies on oxygen to help him breathe and he was without power, which is a real concern because sometimes power can not just mean the difference between, um, you know, having your food preserved and kept or the ability to make a, a hot cup of tea, which is something that I found um, when we had, were reduced to half power. I noticed that when I boiled the kettle for a cup of tea that it took at least twice as long, if not three times as long for the water to boil because the level of power coming into our home has been reduced so much. Um, but, you know, people like this friend down the street, they rely on power as, you know, to keep them ticking over, to keep them alive. So I'm very, very aware of, um, you know, how, how sheltered I was today from this storm um, and from the damage of this storm. I 
know from reports that there's been lots and lots of trees that have fallen down um, from the storm. Um, it's caused a lot of damage. And this storm has not just been in my area, but it's spread across the entire state uh, where I live. And also a neighbouring state um, went through a very, very similar storm to the one that we've experienced. So there's going to be a lot of devastation and a lot of debris and a lot of damage that needs to be taken care of on the other side of this. So um, services that uh, work with supplying uh, people with their power is they're going to be working overtime at the moment to try and restore the power to um, to its full so that people um, have their power supply back completely. Um, there's also a lot of, you know, sort of chaos on the roads caused by these fallen trees and things too. So, but what strikes me when we're going through storms like this is the need to put safety first. So when there is a storm, it makes sense to try and stay out of harm's way, to try and find shelter from the storm, and then to just wait for the storm to pass before venturing out again. Because at the end of the day, we're are all at the mercy of the forces of nature. None of us is in control of the elements when it comes to our environment. It will be what it will be. And um, this is a big message for humankind or humanity at the moment is that we really need to live in alignment with nature we need to learn to live in alignment with it because we're not actually in control of keeping everything at a level of our desired comfort so um some people may flirt with their own mortality when it comes to, you know, storms like this by just going right into the eye of the storm and then doing something wild, like, you know, crying out to nature to do its worst and, you know, you're challenging nature to either bring them down or leave them standing victorious. So there are a few schools of thought about what the right thing to do is when facing a storm of great magnitude and the way you respond is attuned to your fight flight response depending on where you're at in your life you will respond differently at different times to your surrounding environment and what is happening in times of crisis so some people will choose to bunker down and put their safety first and some will be defiant possibly because they have just had enough and feel they've got nothing left to lose by meeting the storm and standing in it and just seeing what is going to come of it. So far, um, I've really sort of focused and talked about the forces of nature and weather-related storms, but I used this example because victims of abusive relationships go through many storms because of the cycle of abuse that they're caught up in. And I want to say this right now because it's something that victims will often feel, but you are not the storm. 
sometimes we're so caught up in that storm, so much so that we feel like we are the storm and we are filled with guilt because of the collateral damage we can see around us that the storm has created. And I'll just explain what I mean by that. I'm going to just run through a scenario of a beautiful, intelligent woman. And we'll just make this a hypothetical kind of story, an example, okay? So this is a story about a beautiful, intelligent woman who has found herself again in an abusive relationship. So she's been in more than one abusive relationship and she finds that she keeps attracting these kinds of relationships to herself, which means that she is going to be going through storm after storm after storm in her life because each abusive relationship that she is in has its storms as part and parcel of the environment that she is caught up in. So she's been there before and this guy that she's currently with as I said is not the first guy to mistreat her or become abusive towards her so she desperately wants to get her life back on track she wants to break free from a cycle of being mistreated stalked used and abused she has become really isolated from her family and has very few friends left she, because her life is being a series of storms, people in her life no longer know how to help or what to do. And so many people have drifted off and she's left very, very isolated, very, very vulnerable. She, this, this woman is, she's rock bottom financially and she is in survival mode living week to week and she's just literally scraping by she's been she's learned how to be savvy her survival instincts are good so she's really thrifty but maybe because of all of the pain in her life because of the things that she's lost because of the unmanageable situation that she is in she's probably turning to some harmful escapes as well. Maybe it's alcohol. So this is something that is not helping her to break free, but is a coping mechanism for her. And it's something that she is hard on herself about because she knows it's not helping her, but is something that she can't break away from right now because the level of stress in her life the pressures that she is facing she needs some form of escape if she cannot literally escape she needs to find other escapes to help her cope with what she's going through so she is in the storm of the situation she's getting tossed around this way and that she is scared. She doesn't want to do anything to make the storm flare up more. She's had enough. She's had enough and she is caught between a rock and a hard place. She wants to find a safe shelter for herself, 
but doesn't know how to do that when caught in the cycle of abuse that she is in. So her home is not a sanctuary that offers her a feeling of security. She doesn't feel safe anywhere in her home because the home is the main environment where the storm is brewing and builds into its full force. And this is where she's getting tossed about, is in her home by the abuse, the forces of the storm. Now the storm gets violent and she has no choice but to involve the police and has called a friend to ask the friend to call the police on her behalf. The storm has gotten so bad that she needs emergency intervention. Now she's too beaten down by the storm. So she does not want to hand over her last bit of self-control to go into a refuge. She just wants to have a day away to think about her next step. She's confused. She doesn't know what to do. She is apologetic to her friends for having to turn to them because of the storm that she was caught in, that she could not escape on her own. She experiences a loss of dignity at this time and she feels very embarrassed by being so beaten by the storm that she needs to involve others to help her get to safety. So this is why I am talking about the storm, because the cycle of abuse that women find themselves in is like a storm that is brewing. One day, the weather is absolutely fine. You know, the sun is out, it's shining, everything's calm. There's a nice light breeze, maybe. You know, you and your partner, you're getting along. You know, things might even feel so good that you think that things could actually work out if things just stay like this. But then you see the clouds approaching. They're off in the distance, but they alert you. They alert you that a storm is coming. So his mood has changed by this time. So he is angry. He starts to belittle you. He starts getting controlling. He starts getting jealous. And he makes you feel worthless. He makes you feel completely disempowered. Now, from the experiences that you've already been through to this point in this cycle, with the storms that you've already been through, you know that he is about to escalate and you know that the storm is about to get really violent and you no longer feel safe and you want to escape but you don't know how you are going to be able to do it. Everything that you have is with this person. You don't have space from this person to allow you to do the things that you need to do to prepare you to be able to walk away. When the storm hits, it is the hardest time for you 
to leave because the storm is out of control. So many women leave with nothing but the clothes on their backs they, that they are wearing at the moment of crisis when they know that the consequences of them staying could be devastating and they just have to flee. So this episode is for victims who are still in abusive relationships. But I want you to know those survivors who are listening, they're going to relate to the things that I'm saying. I think you will relate to the things that I'm saying. And you'll see that there are stages. You will know that there are stages. If you have left the relationship, you'll know that there is a step-by-step process to you healing and a step-by-step process to you moving forward and a step-by-step process to you actually freeing yourself of this person because long after you leave an abusive relationship that person can still be clinging on and they can still be causing damage in your life and you can still be in the storm even though you have stepped away from living with that person so this is going to be for survivors as well who are still dealing with having that abusive ex-partner in their lives still sabotaging still interfering still abusing them so I was one of those women you know who didn't want to let go of what I had and I did manage to actually hold on to a lot of important stuff. The longer I stayed, the more of what my ex-partner knew was important to me was taken or it was destroyed or I just never saw it again. It was lost forever. Did I leave after the first storm or the second storm? No. I stayed in that storm and tried to separate myself from the storm many times, but the storm kept coming back. And like a force of nature, I couldn't do much more than try to shelter myself and my children from the storm until it passed. The sad reality is that no matter how many support services are out there for victims, there are not enough to truly protect victims when they're at their most vulnerable. Maybe, maybe you're like me and you have an intervention order or a restraining order in place that is designed to protect you and your children from that storm. But as is often the case, it doesn't protect you from non-life-threatening storms and even the more minor ones. The justice system takes a long time to catch up with perpetrators. Um, Perpetrators are in a position where they can adjourn hearings over and over again and in the meanwhile, victims are left feeling completely exposed, completely vulnerable, while they wait for the justice system to catch up with the perpetrator who is causing so much destruction in their lives. And 
may well be like me, like I was, where I was actually, I felt like a sitting duck and I really did feel as though I was just, it was just a matter of time. I was always looking over my shoulder. I never felt safe, not even when I moved into another home did I feel safe. Um, and it's taken years for me to feel safe after breaking free from that abusive relationship. And that's why I really want to emphasize that this is going to be a process for you. As much as you want to, you know, have a magic wand and wave it and for everything to be transformed in an instant. And I wish that that could be the case for you. Um, perpetrators will often try and make victims' lives an absolute misery for a long time until, uh, until such time as they've moved on. So that might be because they've found somebody else and you no longer uh, their main target um, so there can be many reasons or you know like the ideal scenario is that they have learned from their mistakes from their bad behavior and they have learned how to make some changes some positive changes and they've actually understood that you have a right to your own privacy, you have a right to uh, put boundaries around yourself as to who you let into your life and when you let them into your life. And they have started to understand that they need to respect this and leave you alone to get on with your life. So it may be that they've um, had to face some consequences for the things that they've done and they no longer want to uh, face any further consequences and that has been enough of a deterrent to make them stop and leave you alone. So there are many different things that can actually, um, actually help to stop that cycle, but it may be something that takes time it may be that it is not the moment that you walk out the door and you close that door behind you never to return that you actually have your own headspace back from that moment it may take you some time to realize that um, but on the other side once you are out of that door you will have access to a lot of support that you didn't have when you were behind that door with that person. And those support services are going to help you to support you through all of those challenges where you are having these mixed feelings about leaving or, and which I'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. Um, so as well as offering support, this podcast is really, really here to empower women, to help them to get through the storms in their lives and move to a place where they have shelter that makes them feel safe and secure so that storms cannot harm them in 
Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Feel a Million Dollars Even If You Are Just Scraping By workshop. In a world that conditions us to lack and limitations, this workshop is here to help women who have been made to feel not good enough to find a way to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to find confidence matched with courage and conviction to help them to move in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more how to manifest an abundant life and to sign up for the next workshop, just go to www.sandyj.com.au forward slash workshop or go to the episode notes and click on the link. So first, this I want to go through some practicalities with you to help you to stay safe, okay, because it really is the top priority. I want to go through a list of, I guess, emergency escape items that are helpful to have on hand, even to leave with a trusted friend in case you need to leave in a hurry. So the first thing every woman should have is a power bank. This is an absolute must have, okay? This is not just a suggestion, but this is a must have because it's your your backup to charge your phone and you need to have a lead connected to the power bank and to your phone. The most important tool that you have is your phone. You need a line of communication. You need a line of communication with the police, with family, with friends, with support services. And it is just absolutely astonishing how quickly your phone battery drains when you are talking to a long, long list of people to work out your next steps if you find yourself in a crisis. And you might not be anywhere near another power supply to charge your phone. So it's really important to have a power bank to um, make sure that you can keep charging your phone, that your phone does not go flat and that you are still going to have a line of communication I really strongly believe that every woman should have a power bank and I want you to remember to keep that power bank charged okay Um, no point in having a power bank if it is running on empty and you need it to recharge your phone in a crisis so um, if you can afford to I would recommend that you get several power banks Um, have one that you keep in your car have one that you keep in your bag and have one that you keep in your emergency escape bag and make sure that you have a charging lead for each of these. Now, you can purchase these online. Just type in power bank into your search bar. They are readily available to purchase online. Um, Okay, now let's talk about what goes into your emergency escape bag. Now, keep it to a minimum. I had a bag for me and I had a bag for each of my kids. 
I had about a week's worth of clothes in each of these bags for each of us, plus, you know, PJs or pyjamas. And I made sure that we had our basic toiletries and I also included any medication um, and sometimes spare scripts for medication. So just think of the things that you use daily that you need for your self-care and the maintenance of your health and also those needs for your children and make sure that those things go into that escape bag, emergency bag, if you like. Um, a torch is a really a good thing to have in an escape bag as well. Maybe keep a torch in your car. Um, yeah, really, really handy to have a torch. I know a lot of phones, well, phones generally have torches on them now. So if your phone's charged, you'll already have that covered. But it never hurts to have an extra, extra torch on hand. Um, you also need to make sure that you've got important documents on hand. If it's not possible to leave these with a trusted friend or family member, uh, you can scan these documents and share these files with someone that you trust in case you lose access to your online storage. So if you don't have a scanner at home, I'd recommend that you go into a library and use their scanner to scan your important documents. This also includes anything like um, medical information for your children where you may need to show their immunizations, for example. Um, Things are changing here in Australia and they may very well be changing for you where you live too. Uh, but we are now moving into a time where I've got three teenagers and they all need to have their own uh, MyGov account, which is linked to Medicare. And... Um, this then will have all of their immunisation information on it, including their double vaccination for COVID. So this time that we're living in at the moment, particularly for where I live, I'm not so sure about other parts of the world. I know that there different parts of the world are responding differently to what people can and can't do if they are or they are not vaccinated. Um, but it's very, very strict here where I live um, and you basically need to be able to show through your telephone, through a, a MyGov um app we, that you have been double vaccinated to access businesses, to access all sorts of services these days. So I think there will be special allowances made for victims of domestic abuse with those um, situations where they've had to flee and they don't have that information on them. Um, but the more of those kinds of records that you can have stored um, in appropriate ways so you know if that means that you've got them stored in your your accounts through um, official accounts such as government accounts 
um, you have all of that information up to date. So if you need to flee, you can still access that information. Having passwords uh, to your accounts, um, a record of that and keeping that somewhere where uh, you know that your partner cannot access that information um, is also a really good idea for if you need to flee so that you um, can access all those, those passwords um, to access your accounts when you are away from your home environment. Also, so that, you know, that's really sort of talking about the official, you know, documentation and, you know, those kinds of considerations. But I want you to think about what is important to you. So have a think about what would you hate to lose if you had to walk away? And obviously it's not going to be a piece of furniture because you can't put that in an escape bag. Um, so it's got to be small, you know, the small items. So is it, is it jewellery? Is there some jewellery that's really precious to you that you want to um to make sure is safe if you if it is jewelry and i know safety deposit boxes you know might be out of your reach when it comes to affordability um but i lost jewelry you know that was not just valuable in terms of its monetary value which it was it was very valuable jewelry but it was more that it was sentimental value. It, the jewelry, some of the jewelry that I lost was intended to go to my first daughter from my first marriage. And, um, and it was quite devastating to me to, uh, to have that stolen um, because it was irreplaceable. It was, it was something, it was part of a legacy that I intended to leave to my daughter. And um, so think about jewellery. Think about any jewellery that has that kind of value to you where uh, either it's because it's of significant monetary value or it has a sentimental value and it has a very important intention to it, then it's really um, advisable not to have those things stored in your home when you're in a volatile, abusive relationship because um, you're at risk of losing that kind of thing when things, when the storm rises up again. Um, so, Yes, it, just have a think about what you might be able to do in terms of storing that jewellery um, so it's not in your home and even if it is with a trusted friend or a family member um, for, you know, a period of time while you're in this transition phase of um, maybe still being in the relationship but just preparing yourself to exit the relationship and... Um, where you feel as though those things that you have are not safe and secure. If you can make them safe and secure, that's, you know, do it. But 
above all else, I just want to reiterate, and I do say it over and over, but the reason I say it over and over again is because it is the most important thing. Um, all those, you know, monetary things, and I was so devastated when those um, jewellery items were stolen. Um, but at the end of the day, the most important thing was still my safety, my life, my children's lives. They, they all mean more than any, any material possession that I have had or will ever have, okay? And it's the same for you. Your life, your children's lives are more important than anything you have have ever had or will ever have okay so your lives come first and are of the most importance so now because I needed to uh, the other thing I'll just mention is maybe it might be things like um, photographs or even um, special toys that are favorites of your children um, because I needed to actually go into hiding five times before I actually fled from where I was living and um, relocated, uh, you know, far away and adopted a, a new name and did everything to try and break free from that person um, who was ended up being in, in jail Um the children's school had been absolutely wonderful and they gave me art supplies so that the children could do some drawing and some colouring in, in those intervening times, those five times before I actually did the big move. Um, when we just went into hiding, uh, they gave me some art supplies to help give the kids something to do, to keep them occupied, to give them something fun and creative to do. So I had things like children's books packed and a few of their favourite toys. So because I, it took me time to actually uh, have an opportunity to do that big, take that big step because I did it independently. I didn't go into refuge and then, um, go through services to relocate that first time when I relocated and so I was just taking uh, going into hiding for short periods whether it, some of them weren't that short I think there was one time where it was about two two months um, two to three months maybe of being on the road and um, laying low but that's when things had really um gotten ridiculous and uh, I just couldn't face going back because I didn't feel safe for even one second at that time. So I was pretty prepared to pack and, and run with the kids. And so, um, so I had a few more things. It wasn't just the clothes on our backs. It was we were prepared for what people would otherwise think of, you know, packing for a holiday. That's uh, the type of packing that I did. I made sure that we had enough for at least a week, if not, you know, a, a little bit more away. Um, and I knew because if you're like me, you will be very thrifty when it comes to uh, maybe using thrift shops or charity shops to um 
to get things that you need so um so yeah I did a lot of that during that time so if we didn't have it I'd pop into a charity shop a thrift shop and um and get the thing that we needed so that it cost you know nothing or next to nothing um and we made do we just made do and it was very very far from being ideal but you just have to look at it that way what do I need to help me make do during this intervening time while I am getting myself sorted out while I am dealing with services while I'm dealing with police and working out the best next step that I need to take with the safety, our safety being put first every single step of the way. So now we've talked about phones, we've talked about stuff, we've talked about medication, we've talked about important documents, we've talked about jewellery. Now let's talk about the big one that keeps money, keeps money. <laughs> I've said it before I've even gotten there. <laughs> the big one that keeps women stuck in the storm when they want to get to a safe space and that is money yes I already said money so you already know that I mean money now we need money in this life um, in this world as adults we need money we need money to put food on our table we need money to keep a roof over our head we need money to pay the bills we need money to put our children through school we need money for lots of different things and we certainly need money when we escape are escaping an abusive relationship so what do you do when you've got no money when you're escaping an abusive relationship? So if you are needing to escape now or in the very near future, you will not have an opportunity to build up any secret savings. And if you are rock bottom financially because you've been cut off financially by your partner and financially abused, then you may have no choice but to tap into welfare and seek out other charitable organisations that provide food and petrol vouchers. And remember that women's refuges are there to take women in to provide them with safe shelter at no cost, okay? So that is one way to get a roof over your head without having to put your hand in your pocket to pay anything for that roof over your head. And that may not uh, last for a very long time, but it's a stepping stone. And it may be a necessary stepping stone for you to take that next step, which is to get into a space, a more permanent space of your own. So I remember in two instances where I went into hiding that I could not access a women's shelter because they had reached their capacity on those particular days. I scraped by, but it was pretty miraculous that I was able to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table when we went into hiding. And at, we were really so displaced, we were like refugees. Um, at one time I had to buy a whole lot of camping gear and when I was talking about charity shops 
that's one thing that I did is I went into charity shops and I looked for things like um, camping chairs and uh, sleeping bags and um, just camping equipment so that we could cook and we just had no choice at one point we had nowhere to stay and all we could do was camp because it wasn't safe for us to return to our home so when I talk to you about things like having a power bank you'd never know what situation you're going to find yourself in now I was at a camping site with it was a free camping site and there was no power no power outlets whatsoever so I was completely dependent on having a power bank to charge my mobile phone and if I wanted to if that I needed to replenish my power bank then I needed to go for a drive to find somewhere where I could recharge and that's not always an easy thing it it is easier these days when you are in um I guess I don't like calling the world civilised really, but when, you know, you're in shopping centres, often there are charging stations where you can recharge your phone if need be. So um, society sort of, you know, geared to having those facilities much more now. But if you find yourself like I did in a need to camp where you have no access to power, you may need to have that power bank there to keep your line of communication going. So thankfully, I also wanted to just talk about something that happened for me, which you might also be able to access. I was compensated for many of my out-of-pocket expenses by a thing called the Victims of Crime Tribunal. Now, I wouldn't have even known that this existed if someone I knew hadn't told me about it and suggested that I put in a claim. So I initiated my own claim through a solicitor. So if you're wondering how to start a claim, you can do it through a lawyer and there are lawyers who specialise in doing this. So... Um, because my ex-partner had, had served two stints in jail for the charges against him for things he had done to breach the intervention order that I had, the courts awarded me compensation for some of the costs that I had incurred to flee when we were at risk and vulnerable. So it wasn't it wasn't a huge amount at the end of the day, but it was really nice to get that money, some of that money back because every dollar counts when you're going through this. And so don't be too proud to access this type of support. So this service with the Victims of Crime Tribunal is a service that's available to people where I live, so in the state of Victoria in Australia. So what I suggest you do um, is 
that you could talk to a family violence or domestic violence support service and ask them if there is a similar legal body that provides compensation to victims of abuse in the area that you live in. Um, so you're more than welcome to research and look for Victims of Crime Tribunal and then you could even search for other similar services to this in your area. Um, you might even like to try contacting a free legal advice line and ask them if they know of a similar uh, service that is available to victims to uh, seek out compensation for the, the costs that they have incurred for uh, fleeing and escaping violence. I was also able to access counselling through this service to help me with my PTSD, which was an absolute godsend, absolute godsend. I uh, was tapped into a, a clinical psychologist um, and this is at the height of my, my trauma after I had uh, been gone into hiding that five times. I finally managed to escape and relocate us to another area and come into a new community, changed my name, changed the kids' names, and I was an absolute nervous wreck. And um, this is, you know, when my ex went into jail for the first time. I, I was in absolute pieces, you know, um, in terms of my nervous system. And I just didn't know what life we had to look forward to at that point. Um, it, I was shell-shocked, absolutely shell-shocked. And I needed to get that kind of support right then. Um, if I hadn't got that support, I don't know how I would have stayed sane through that time I really don't and that's why I say you know emphasize that number one number one is your safety that's the most important thing but it is so closely followed by keeping your sanity intact that is the next most important thing because you can be safe but you may not ever feel safe um, again, if you don't have your sanity looked after, um, you know, you may not be able to recover from the things that you went through. There was a long time where I was, not, I was too scared to even take my dog for a little walk to, um, to go and do his business because of the fear that I was riddled with because of the PTSD. I didn't feel safe in the world anymore. Whether it was, I, you know, I still very much at that time didn't feel safe. I still felt like a sitting duck, felt like my ex was going to appear out of nowhere. And, um, and that was still very much with me at that time. 
but I knew that it went even deeper than that, that it was that I just did not feel safe anywhere in the world anymore. It just, the world didn't feel like a safe place for me. So I needed help with that. And you may very well need help with that too, so that you can start feeling some peace in back in your life again. And when you experience that peace, then that's when you can start getting back to normality in your life, trying to live a normal life when you've got this facade of pretending that you're okay is a really depleting path to be on. It is super exhausting to put up a pretense and to try and push yourself into doing things that you're not ready for because the inside of you is still so shattered from what you've been through. So this very much needs to be um, supported and you need help with this. Please don't turn a blind eye to it um, because you can come leaps and bounds in your healing if you go down that path, if you allow yourself to go down that path. And there are many, um, if you speak again to domestic violence uh, support service um, and just ask them about free counselling support and what sort of free counselling support you might be able to access, you might be surprised, pleasantly surprised. Don't let... Don't let money stand in the way of you getting that kind of help when it comes to your mental health. Your mental health is just as important as your physical health. You really need to keep your mental health in check, um, not just for your own sake, but for the sake of your children. Um, my children have seen me in pieces at times because I have been so overwhelmed and distressed with my mental health because of everything that I've been contending with. So, um, but on the other hand, my kids have also seen me recover. My kids have seen me change. They've seen me transform. They've seen me heal. So they know because they know that mum has counselling that counselling is a really important part of healing your mental health so I encourage you to explore that um, and I'm sorry I don't know exactly what you can access in terms of support but the important thing that I guess I'm trying to relay is to ask what support is available to you and don't feel bad or be apologetic for needing to tap into support. Here in Australia, I'll just mention this because I do know that there is uh, easy access to this for, for anybody who is an Australian citizen or resident that you can tap into through your GP, which is your doctor, your local doctor, you can ask for a mental health plan. They will do a questionnaire with you to ask you some questions about, you know, how often you're feeling depressed, how often you're feeling tired. That gives them like a one to 10 sort of picture of where you are with your mental health. And they will happily 
give you, you can access, I think it might be something like six sessions over a 12-month period, um, which is absolutely covered 100% by a government rebate. So that means that you will not be out of pocket $1 to go and get that counselling support. So I really um, encourage you to look for free supports because what it is, is actually free money for you. Any free support you can access is free money. This podcast is free money because everything that I share on this podcast is free. So um, it's not going on and coming in and working with me you know, in services where you are having to put your hand in your pocket, I am providing you with a wealth of information to help you and make sure that you are getting value for money, for value for not spending any money. So, um, yeah, that's really important that you understand that there is still great value that you can get in seeking out the things that you need in your life without having to put your hand in your pocket. The less you have to put your hand in your pocket, the more you will have other things that you need. So um, this is one of the the things that I uh, share in terms of um, getting more financially literate and understanding more about money. That's going to be another conversation for another day. Um, but money, the whole conversation around money and how interlinked money is with abuse is something that I'm very passionate about. It's something that I've experienced firsthand from going, from having, um, being in a position where I have had a significant amount of money, I've had my own property, to losing everything and being destitute and um, being on welfare. So. I understand the spectrum, but so, and I have learned through these experiences, part of my healing has been to heal from both my relationship with money, to heal the trauma of uh, the money traumas from the experiences that I've been through with loss of things like assets and being destitute. Um, all of these things left energetic imprints and I have had to work on these things myself. So I want you to understand that I'm a work in progress too, okay? And I am happy to share with you things that I have learned as I have gone on this path over the last seven years of healing that I have been on and it has been a progressive journey and it I, anything that I have learned that I has helped me to rebuild and helped me to become empowered and confident and take action in my life. I am so happy to share all of that with you because that's what I want for you too. Now, I want you to remember that it took a lot for me to separate myself from my ex-partner. And even when we were separated, he would not accept that things were over and he would wear me down until I was too weak to fight him and he would push his foot back in the door again. So I want you to understand that there are several stages to leaving the relationship. The first is actually separating yourself from your partner. The next step is the part where you are still communicating and he is still love bombing or he's bullying you into getting back together. 
Now, this is the time where you are probably second-guessing yourself and wondering if you have done the right thing. So the truth is you love or you loved this person. You know him. He knows you. There is a bond between you and you can't just go from loving that person to them meaning nothing to you anymore. And you certainly can't go from loving that person to letting go of that person to forgiving that person all in one breath. It takes time. So that is the kind of baggage that we carry around in our adulthood. We form emotional attachments and it's not easy to end one chapter and begin a new one without feeling the old chapter is still a very big part of your story. It takes time. So when talking about writing, it's not enough just to write one new chapter. You may need to write several new chapters before the old chapter that was the one where you were still in the relationship becomes an old story from what feels like a lifetime ago for you. So that's where I'm at with, with my story. That's where I am at. I am at the place in my life where it feels like it's a lifetime ago. I have written lots of chapters since that chapter of actually being with that person. And I have written chapters that have included lots of healing for me and chapters about letting go and chapters about forgiveness. And all of these things uh, not necessarily about him there have been a lot of things that have been about me too realizations of things that I didn't like myself enough I didn't care for myself enough I didn't value myself enough and the list goes on the list goes on but I needed to let a lot of things go about myself and realise that they weren't serving me. They were no longer things that I wanted to hold on to in my life. I wanted to let them go. And there were also many things that I needed to forgive myself for. So um, just allow yourself time. Try and be patient. I know that you want it to happen in the blink of an eye but it is a process and it's a wonderful process yeah it's well worth going through this process um, because what awaits you on the other side is the life that you've really been desiring is a rich and rewarding life so as I said, it's not a case of just one chapter ending when you walked out the door and the next chapter begins with the life that you've always dreamed of. The next chapter will be dealing with the fallout of the damage that the storm had created. It will be about the pain you feel distancing yourself from the storm because the storm is familiar. You're used to actually surviving in the storm. So when you're not in the storm, you don't feel safe either. 
So you need to allow yourself time to feel safe with the, the new life that you are creating for yourself. It will be mixed with lots of different emotions that you're feeling all at once. It may be that the storm is threatening to come back again, or maybe the storm isn't leaving you alone, even though you have moved away. But don't let that next chapter put you off leaving and trying to distance yourself from the storm. Just know that this next chapter is the one where you need to tap into support. This is the time when you need to consider no contact because as long as your ex-partner has free access to communicate with you, you will not have control back. They will still be able to manipulate you and intimidate you. There are ways that they can communicate with you that allows you to have control of when you allow them in for the purpose of communication. Ask a family or domestic violence service about this as there are apps that are used where all communication is on record. This helps to keep perpetrators accountable. So this can help to keep them from becoming abusive or threatening to you in their communication. You do not have to allow them to communicate with you through phone calls, text messages or other app messaging systems if you want space to take care of yourself and your needs without coercion and controlling behaviours from your ex-partner. So we are covering quite a bit of important ground in this episode to try and keep you safe and sane at the same time. Okay, now if you are at a stage in your relationship where the violence has not yet escalated but you are already feeling fearful and disempowered by emotional and psychological manipulation and you are thinking about breaking free as soon as possible, then if you have access to your income, then open up a new account where you can take make deposits rather as often as possible to build up a buffer to allow you to leave and get set up somewhere new. Now, remember that if you are not sure of your rights, you can talk to the police and let them know what is happening to you and ask them if you have a legal right to stop this from happening. One of the things that really holds victims back is they are not sure of what their rights are and they make lots of excuses for the different things that they are happening to them uh, because they're not sure that this is something that they have a right to ask not to happen. So Maybe you are a joint owner of your property and you don't want to walk away from your asset. There are many financial reasons why women feel they have to stand their ground and stay even when their safety is at risk. Remember, your safety comes first, closely followed by your sanity and everything else is figure outable. If you're able to save, making small regular deposits um, will soon add up over time. You may want to withdraw cash and deposit cash into your new account to keep it hidden in case your partner or ex-partner is monitoring your spending and transactions. Now, I have some exciting news for victims of abusive relationships who live in Australia. 
There is a grant that is available through Uniting Care for up to 5,000 for women to leave abusive relationships and get themselves set up in a new home. I will include a link to Uniting Care in the episode notes. There are different organisations in the different states and territories in Australia who are managing this uh, funding. I'll provide links for all of them in the episode notes. So no matter where you are in Australia, you can access a link to the right um, support service in your area for that funding. Unfortunately, if you live outside of Australia, I cannot provide you with, you know, this good news. Um, I, but I do encourage you to search for grants and funding for women who are leaving abusive relationships to see what free money you might be able to access. You might be pleasantly surprised that there might be some funding there that you can access that is quite similar to this funding in Australia. So I'm really, really sorry that I can't provide up-to-date information for everyone, but I hope that this information is still helpful to you. I wish that this funding was available when I fled and relocated. I was able to access one week's rent from a charitable organisation, but nothing like what is available now for women. So... This, the reason that they put this funding there is because they don't want, they know that women are being financially abused. They know that this is one of the big reasons that women do not leave abusive relationships because they are so financially strapped and they can't find affordable, affordable housing. They've got no money as a buffer to find that money for uh, removalists, for uh, bond, for first month's rent, um, that, you know, you need a substantial amount of money to move. And um, the government is aware that many women are not in a position to be able to do this independently. That's why they've made this funding available so that women do have an opportunity to exit an abusive relationship and get into a safe space of their own. Now, I'm working on my dream project to have a property with multiple dwellings on it. And the purpose of this property is to have transition housing for women who leave their relationships and need somewhere to regroup and work out their next steps to get into a long-term housing solution. So my desire is to help women um, in a very holistic way so that they have a place to whether they need that place for a month or whether they need that place for a couple of months, but they come to a very, um, a very protected environment where they feel safe, where their needs are being met, where they are surrounded by people who understand and are wanting to help them get connected to all the appropriate support services to help them to draw breath just get the help that they need through that traumatic period, know that they've got a place of respite where they can then, not in a panic, be looking for a property and be desperately trying to sign up for a property, but that they can go through that 
in a calm way so that they they know that they've got that security there and they can take their time with finding the appropriate long-term accommodation solution. So this is, it's been my dream. It's been on my heart for a long time. Um, anybody who is out there who is um, flush with money and who would like to partner with me on this project, please contact me um, because it is something that I'm obviously going to need money to establish. Um, if I am able to establish it here and then it becomes something that is modelled in different areas in different parts of the world, then, you know, that would be absolutely amazing to see that women are receiving the right kind of support um, to be able to transition peacefully into a life that of their choosing. Um, where they step into this next phase of their life feeling more empowered and less like victims. So when women are under so much duress at these times of crisis when they are displaced by circumstances beyond their control. Just like the storm, that is a circumstance of nature which is beyond our control, women are not in control of their abusive partners. So I just want you to know that the storm can pass for you as it has for me. My wish is for you to find safe shelter, to keep safe from the storm. I send you love and I wish you well. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement, if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags 
advisors on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.